Hey, how you doing? This is Wade with Wade for Wireless. And welcome back for another episode of Wade for Wireless with all your wireless updates, news, and information. Just sit back and relax. Is the work model for wireless changing part three of a three-part series? Because today I want to get into how the pay is going to change and how we're going to get paid and how the model has changed. It's really about a model for what we're looking at. But first, TowerTrackerPro.com. TowerTrackerPro.com. TowerTrackerPro is a software as a service that will guide your crew through a closeout package. It's specifically for closeout packages so the crew on the site can go through step by step, take the pictures the way they're supposed to, where they're supposed to, and that package will put everything into one beautiful package for your customer. However your customer defines it, it's very flexible. All you have to do is set it up once. Then they take the pictures, they answer the questions, they put all the information in. While they're still at the site, they upload it. And where does it go? It goes back to the office where someone at the office can look at it and make sure everything's right. So it saves a lot of time, not only at the site, but you get everything done in one site visit. But back at the office, you don't have to have someone putting this report together. It's already done. The service does it for you. That's what makes it so awesome. Tower Tracker Pro. And Tower Safety and Instruction. Kathy runs a state accredited school out in Arizona. State accredited. It's not just a fly-by-night school. It's not just a school where you'll get a certificate. It is a state accredited school where you will be certified to climb safely. You can be certified for your OSHA safety training, for your Red Cross training. And also now they have drone training where on-man aerial experts put together a training program with tower safety and instruction to make sure that you are trained properly to do tower work with drones. Now, when I say do tower work, I mean inspections and things like that. Whatever the drone work is required at the tower and you will be certified to do that. Towersafety.com if you want more information towersafety.com. And finally, the wireless deployment handbook written by me. Thank you. But it was written for you because I had a lot of people ask me about wireless deployments for LTE, small cells, and CRAN. Let's move on. Is the work model for wireless changing? This is part three of my three-part series. And yeah, it's really changed over the past decade. So how has the model changed here in the U.S.? Well, for the tower climbing contractors, they're the ones that see it the most. The work is no longer considered a specialty job. The carrier is considered a commodity, regardless what they say. They wouldn't put it out to reverse auction if it wasn't a commodity. That's because they want to do flat fee because they don't want to carry the burden of absorbing all the problem costs. Somebody's got to absorb this. They want to balance it out. That's all. So what they want to do with tower work is try to take care of all the problems and put more of the onus on the tower crew. Now, most tower crews, if you've ever done tower work, they carry everything in their truck. They carry a lot of steel, hardware, jumpers. And now it's more than just RF jumpers. They carry fiber jumpers, connectors, connector repair kits, cable repair kits, things like that. They have to be uh, prepared for anything that could happen which is okay, but no one wants to absorb these costs. So really it's on the end guy, the guy at the site that's really stuck trying to correct everything or make up for problems or trying to make up for lost hardware or a kit that's missing hardware. That's what you see is going to happen too. So not only are you at the low end of the pay scale, (laughs) but you also have to make up for all the problems that are out there at the site. So the model's changing. 
Like I said, the pay is going to change. I have no idea how long the hourly and salary work at the tower site is going to last. So for all you guys doing it now, things are going to change. You might have to go to more of a contractor model. And the role of PMs really changed. The PM now has to manage so many groups. I wanted to speak about that too, because the project managers are not only trying to take care of just say one particular job, the tower crews, the RF engineers, the technicians, the people taking care of the lights, the knock, the, you know, just all the problems, repairs. There's a lot of problems out there. They have to manage all this now, but they also have to manage, at least on a build, they have to make sure that the crew gets there on time. They have to make sure that the site audit gets done on time. If there's a safety audit, they have to manage that. If there's going to be a follow-up quality audit, they have to manage that. A site survey, they have to manage that. If there's going to be backhaul put in, chances are another contractor does that. There's a lot of moving parts. And they're looking for flat fee at every site for every job, no matter how it's done. The end customer wants a cookie-cutter approach. That's how they're going to build a budget. And all I can say is welcome to the, all the national builds. It started with 3G. It goes into 4G, 5G, and beyond. I get it. It's a trickle-down effect because you have a flat fee from the end customer, the GC. The GC is a flat fee from them to the contractor, from the contractor to the subs, subcontractors, and eventually it's going to hit the workers. They're going to want to do more of a, a flat fee. Net 30 is more common than ever. That's how a lot of people get paid now. They just do the job and they leave. They go on to the next job. They're only as good as their next customer. That's the reality of it. And I just want everyone to be pay, to be paid fairly and promptly for the work that they do. I see the hourly and salary work going away for most of this, especially in the actual work. It's going to be more of a flat fee. Everyone's going to be expected to get paid a flat fee within that 30. You know, you're going to get paid once a month, basically, instead of once a week. The good work's a gray area, though, isn't it? It's a matter of perspective. Hard work isn't enough anymore. It's not enough. You can't just work hard, long hours. The quality of work has to pass the inspection. You have to get the sign off. That's what matters. If you can do shabby work and it's good enough for the quality control, you roll with it. I know we all want to do better work, better job, want it to last forever. But the reality is we really need to just get it signed off. So do I have the answer? Sure. Pay the people for their work. Unfortunately, the way the layers of contractors are laid out, it can be a problem. The way people get paid from, you know, it, it, the, the money passes a hand so many times, it gets to be a problem. So what we're going to have to look at is how the GCs pay their subs, how they hire the crews, how the subs are going to hire their people, how they're going to get paid. There's a lot of issues here. There's a lot of issues you don't see. Payment's only one of them. I know for a fact a lot of GCs collect safety and health information from the field. They collect a lot of ways, a lot of processes that things are done and could be done. Unfortunately, if there is a problem on the field or if they learn that there is a problem with a piece of equipment, they, they usually don't share it. They don't want to share it with OSHA because there's still a lot of distrust with OSHA. I don't know why I'm telling you OSHA is your friend. The more we could share with these safety problems and safety violations, the more open we could be, the better off everyone would be in the tower industry. And I know I'm concentrating on the tower industry, but it would be better for everyone. But I know for a fact they don't share anything. I reached out to several large contractors. I know for a fact there were incidents on a lot of their sites. They don't want to share. That's company privileged information. And I guess as long as their company doesn't have any accidents, they really could care less about anybody else. That's just the way they see it. It's probably just limiting the competition. It's really less about lives and more about what they feel about the competition. I hate to be a jerk. I hate to be cold. But that's what I see. 
I'd love to see that change. I would love to see an openness about problems in the industry where people could just admit that they've had problems or they've corrected problems or they were on the path to alignment to a safer and more productive workplace. Unfortunately, nobody wants to share anything. So the model for payment in the US is changing, but we still need to figure out how to do things better and faster. Quality work. And I think the carriers are doing this without doing full rollouts anymore. They just try to do specific improvements at each site. And they no longer do it massively. Well, I shouldn't say that. Some try to do a massive upgrade. But a lot of them are trying to do efficient upgrades in just regions, step by step by step. There's just no efficiency in doing a nationwide rollout the way they see it a lot of times. However, there's still efficiency in doing a bulk number of sites. You want to be able to, if you do a onesie and a twosie, a site here and a site there, it's going to be very expensive. If you can do five to 10 sites in one area, that's efficient. Unfortunately, with the permitting and the zoning, you can't always do that. You sort of got to take what you can get and do the upgrade there. But the model is changing to a flat fee model. I know I keep getting off point and I apologize, but the flat fee is going to trickle all the way down to the people in the site. And the reason I'm saying that is because the people in the site are going to have to figure out how to do everything in a, in a short amount of time. And that's what's going to make the work more efficient. As long as you're paying someone hourly out there the way they see it, they are going to not always be as efficient as they could be because they know they're getting paid by the hour. They know that the longer they're there, the more they get paid, the more they can drag a job out, the longer they get paid. Pay structure is going to change, fellas. If you're getting paid hourly or salary now, I would expect something's going to change to where we're going to have just small crews everywhere and no one's going to get paid hourly. You're going to get paid by the job. So the longer the short is, flat pay scale. That's what we're going to see. Wireless construction is expensive. Towers are loaded. Townships and municipalities are making it harder and harder to build new towers. Much talent has left the industry because of the slow and erratic work. The work conditions have really degraded. I'm curious how this new change is going to affect the industry. I'm curious how getting paid a flat fee is going to affect what talent is in the industry and how we're going to handle it. It's a flat fee model. That seems to be where it's headed. And that's okay, but eventually it is going to hit other jobs. It already hit RF engineering. I mean, let's face it, that's already changed. It already hit construction. I see a lot of that changing. You know, it's just common for people to hire them when they need them. They just see it as a, I mean, a low talent job in a lot of cases. Listen, work's work. I'm not going to take it away from anybody. I think everyone in the wireless industry works hard. And when I say everyone, I'm not just talking about you know, you tower climbers, I know you guys work hard. The project managers, they put in long hours, they try to juggle a lot of projects. And when anything goes wrong, they usually hear about it first, they take a lot of heat for it. The RF engineers, they're doing all that they can to get the work done. And it's become highly competitive. You know, I never thought I'd see the day when a carrier would think that RF engineering is a commodity, but they do. And there's all kinds of design issues, you, working with specific OEMs, working on different equipment. Each piece of equipment is done differently. LTE is really changing that. Everything is going to be done in a very similar fashion that everything else is done. It's just the way it is. And what they want to do is be able to have one person that can work on multiple pieces of equipment, say Ericsson, Samsung, Nokia, maybe even Huawei. That's the way it's going to go. Now, as far as construction, obviously, you have to put in whatever they give you. It's a very physical job. It's mechanical. You put it in, you do the testing, and then you have to have someone do the sweeps. You have to make sure the fibers are connected and working properly. You have to make sure that each radio head's connected up properly to each antenna, each RF port's connected to the antenna properly. There's a lot of parts. 
that all have to be done for a flat fee. Somehow we have to figure out how to be more and more efficient, how to do things cleanly. I know that's a silly word, clean. Clean is what we're going to have to do as far as our work goes. Make it as efficient as possible. And if you figure out how to do twice the work in half the time, unfortunately, you're not going to share it with anybody because that's your little secret. You don't want to level the playing field and you want to get paid the same price as everybody else. <laughs> you just want to be known for doing quality work. All right. I know this third part, I drug on a little bit with other issues, but just remember, be smart, be safe and pay attention. And don't forget wireless deployment handbook. It's out there. See ya.